Hey there, James here, and you're listening to the Own the Moment podcast, the show where we explore the complex and always evolving landscape of marketing, advertising, and branding, and try to get to the bottom of what it means to be a truly memorable brand. The Own the Moment podcast is brought to you by Como Technologies, a self-service, complete customer engagement platform that helps you cut through the noise to truly connect with your customers and retain and grow those connections over time. With Como, you can build and deploy new campaigns, activations, promotions, and programs in days, not months. And our software is used by some of the world's biggest consumer brands from Heineken to Budget, Goodman Fielder, Foxtel, JLL, Williams Racing, and McDonald's. Learn more at como.tech. Hi everyone, James here, and you're listening to a special live edition of the Own the Moment podcast, recorded live from within Seven House at Sydney's South by Southwest Festival in late October of this year. Let's get straight into it. Okay, everyone's just trickling in anymore. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a live edition of the Own the Moment podcast. Um, Today, it's my pleasure to welcome Patrick Millington Buck, the Senior Marketing Manager of Commercial Partnerships of Virgin Australia. Welcome, Patrick. Thank you very much. Uh, But first, I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet today, the Gadigal people of the Eura Nation. I'll also start by saying that I'm a ring-in today, so if you've seen the Own the Moment podcast, you'll know that... um, our the Como head of product, product and marketing, James Pember, normally would be sitting up here, but he's lost his voice. So I've, uh, I've been pulled in last minute, so do excuse me if I've got my head down looking at some of these questions a little bit more than James would. But uh, we've known each other for a while, Patrick. We've worked together at um, when you're at Havas, the work that Como did with budgets through the partnerships and sponsorships there. Uh, so we'll have a bit of fun today and a bit of banter and, uh, and uh, so yeah, run through it all. Yeah, great. Sound good? Okay, so today we're going to talk about partnerships and how brands can get the most out of them. Uh, Virgin has, of course, a number of high-profile partnerships, including AFL, AFLW, Starlight Children's Charity, What Ability, and Oz Harvest. Um, but before we jump into all of those, I just want—I just got two questions about the back, your background, so we can get to know you a little bit more. Um, so, firstly, tell me about uh, how you got into marketing and how you've ended up where you are today. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you, Joel. Um, Well, me, I'm basically a classic bloke who started off loving sport, playing it, watching it, attending it. Um, So growing up, for me, getting involved in anything to do with marketing around sport and the business of sport and partnerships was something that I always thought, wow, what an awesome job that would be to be involved in it. Um, And I was fortunate enough to get some work work experience and some some internships over in the the UK. And obviously, as you can tell, I'm a pommy. So I came out to Australia about 10 years ago and continued that journey in partnerships and sport. And then sport evolved into more entertainment and and other ways in which partnerships can connect. We won't hold hold that against you, mate. Thank you very much. All right. Um, So secondly, I know you've recently uh, completed Mark Ritson's mini MBA. Um, how was it and what were the top learnings from that? I loved it and uh, actually it'd be good to know if there's anyone else in the audience that's done the Ritson Mini MBA. Just a couple of you. Hands up. Yeah, it's, um, for me, 
moving from the agency space into a brand role, I, I felt that to understand the marketing fun, fundamentals were really important. And I think courses like the Ritson Mini MBA or, or other marketing courses just really nail those fun, fundamentals of marketing. And so when you look at, uh, well, for me personally, when I was able to take that into the role of Virgin, it was, it was really anchoring our activity and especially in the partnership space back to those marketing fun, fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And you recently said on LinkedIn, a meaningful partnership needs to be culturally relevant, action-led and measurable. Uh, let's talk through those one by one. So what does it mean to, uh, to say that a, a partners- partnership needs to be culturally relevant? I think it's about understanding your target customers and what they're caring about. So to be culturally re- relevant is obviously different to different consumers that you're, that you're trying to target. So for some people, it's relevancy in social issues. For others, it's you know, passion points might be sport, might be entertainment, might be comedy, might be music. So when I talk about culturally rele- relevant, it's not necessarily just about the societal issues that are out there. It's about understanding the audience and what is it that they're caring about at that moment in time mm. and how your brand can fit within that. Okay. And obviously there's some, uh, there's some you know, really re- reactive opportunities that a brand could jump into around like, things like Black Lives Matter and... Uh, you know, COVID and those types of things. How would you how would you sort of approach those types of uh, I guess you wouldn't call them a trend, but um, global moments? How should a brand sort of um, attach themselves to those moments in time? I think it's about being relevant and authentic, and you'll probably hear that a lot amongst a number of panels around here. It's yes, there's opportunities to jump on a social cause, but it's so important for a brand to have a role if they do that. Mm. Um, and an example like an airline is that if there's a, is there's a relevant opportunity for an airline to support a cause or to help a societal issue or to get involved in an action-led camp- campaign, then it makes sense. But if there's no strategic or obvious way that they can help, then I think just signal vir- vir- virtualing and supporting a trend or a cause just for the sake the, the sake of it, consumers will just see see, see through They'll that. See through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, okay, so let's jump back onto uh, the rich and stuff. So, what do you mean by action led, and uh, can you share an example of that? Yeah, I think it, this actually came out of um, a Havas meaningful brand study, which showed that for brands to be relevant and and for people to care about brands, they need to be culturally relevant act, and action led. Um, and I think we've spoken about the cultural relevant point and, you know, it needs to be relevant to your, to your brand, but then action, taking action. So brands that we see that are doing that um, and, you know, within their partnerships, uh, I think are really cutting through the noise. So I think there's some good, some good examples out there, like the NRMA insurance campaign where it's quite, it's quite well known. They did that every home is worth, is worth protecting, where they, where they used a koala and they had a big, long, um, multi-year camp campaign using the koala as every home is worth protecting, including koala homes, which obviously related back to human homes. So yes, great emotive brand advertising cam- campaign, really sort of tugged on the heart, the heartstrings. But then what was the action behind that? Um, which... Ultimately, they did a number of different things, but it was one, one or two which stood out, which showed the action led behind that piece. So um, 
they did for every policy that they sold of the home insurance, they planted a tree mm. in koala-affected areas. And then they did a partnership with conservation volunteers at Australia where they set themselves a target of planting 100,000 trees in koala-affected areas over the course of two years mm. and then measured and tracked that. Um, so it was about having the emotional brand-building campaign, which was very effective, but then also the substance behind it by doing policies for, for tree donations, partnering with organisations that were supporting it. So there's actually substance behind what they're talking about. Yeah, and you, you briefly touched on measuring it as well, which we'll touch on later as well, because it's an interesting one when you're talking about causes, etc., and attaching your brand to a cause. Um, it has to, or it doesn't have to be, but a lot of ways it still can be commercially uh, led in a way and you can still measure that and we'll, we'll jump into that. But um, well, there's a couple of other examples here which we can, I'll actually just throw in a quick question here. You knew I was going to do this. Uh, so the Pampers partnership with UNICEF, Uber and Red Cross um, and then the Who Gives a Crap local example with building toilets um, in the developing world. Of those, which one's your, your favourite? Which one rung home the most for you? Well, I think it's about clearly brands that are aligning themselves and doing cause-related marketing. It's, it's obviously the right thing, thing to do as long as it's authentic and action-led, as I've, as I've spoken about. But yeah, it needs to be measurable and it needs to um, link back to what the strategic objectives of, of, of the brand are. But the reality is, is that brands that are doing ESG-related activity... The, the data shows that consumers are more connected with brands that are doing that mm. and the sales data proves that as well. So it's, it's a double-edged sword because you can't be doing things for the sake of it, but when you do do them and you do them right, then you do see the return on investment in terms of from a brand building, a brand equity point of view because it helps build, build that affinity. And if you go into it with the right frame of mind, putting the, the, the charity or the the issue first, you're probably going to get a better result anyway. If you go in with a commercially-led mind, you're probably doing it for the wrong reason. Exactly. So it comes back to that authenticity point around the alignment of values. Yep. So uh, on to measuring. So obviously, I think everyone in this room would agree that measuring campaigns is 110% required. Um, let's talk about the Happiness Island campaign, uh, which you did at Hamilton Island with the Starlight Foundation. How did you measure the impact of that? Yeah, so just to give a bit of a, a rundown on what Happiness Island was. So um, Virgin Australia are the official airline provider, supporter, partner of Starlight and have been for over 10, 10 years. So we fly sick kids around Australia when they want to go on their travel wishes. So we, we help facilitate, as I was talking about earlier, that, ac that action led. So we're a partner of Starlight, but we actually have a role to play in that partnership. That is flying the kids to their wishes. So it might be go to Disney World or... Um, swim with dolphins or whatever it may be. So Happiness Island was an activation we ran a few months ago where we worked in conjunction with Hamilton Island Tourism Board and we renamed Hamilton Island Happiness Island for the weekend. Um, and we flew a plane load of kids to the island and created the most amazing, happy experience at every touch point during that, during that journey. So in the lounge... Uh, we had fun and games and on, on board, we had the captains in fancy dress, we had games, we had quizzes, we had trivia. Then we, when we got onto the island, it was, we had the local fire, fire truck spraying water as the plane landed. We had the local kids with signs welcoming the other kids. Um, and then we had all of these amazing experiences on the island. So for us, that was about doing the right thing, yep. of course, um, and 
but it, there was obviously the objective of raising awareness of our partnership um, to build that brand health and brand equity piece um, and being able to measure that from a, from a community brand health metric. Um, and it, it helped that it was, it was a good PR idea. We had Channel 9 on board. Um, so they captured You can't the mention that name in here, mate, sir. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Mel? Um, we had, a, we had a, a, a TV network. I think, I think we did, actually. Um, next year. Next <laughs> year. Uh, but no, I mean, obviously to get, to get the coverage of a TV network... Uh, on board, um, yeah, was able was was a fantastic experience. It's actually for me, it was it was a career highlight because it was the intersection of a partnership amplified. But what an amazing experience! And you, you know, the families on board who who lived through some of the awful traumatic things that yeah. that you go through raising a kid with cancer and things. It was just incredible to to be a part part of. And Virgin, just reading here, um, has helped over. Well, help facilitate over 3,000 travel wishes since 2010. So that's, that's worth a round of applause, everyone, surely. It's awesome. And it must be amazing to be part of that, as you say. Yeah, it is, it's, it's great. And, and I think what gave me so much satisfaction is we're obviously a big airline, a big company. There's 7,000 staff. And you know, we're a small marketing team. But when you get to do things like that, you get the staff involved. So you had... The check-in staff, the, re- the lounge reception staff, the cabin crew, the pilots, um, the baggage handlers, they all loved it. They all got really involved and they wanted to do their bit for the kids. So I think with, with Starlight in, in particular, it's, it's so satisfying um, how well it's, it's received by so many staff at Virgin. And, and, and we know we've been a partner for, for over, over 10 years, but it's, um, that's for me as well, it's such, a, it's such a great part of it and how much our staff love it. That's another benefit. It's employee culture, enhancing that, enhancing stickiness with the team, that type of stuff. That's as well. it. So That's it just it, keeps yeah. on flowing through. Fantastic. Okay. Um, so you wrote somewhere recently that partnerships um, should create skin in the game for rights holders for maximum return. Uh, talk a little bit about that and how you focus on generating clear ROI from brand partnerships. Yeah, this is an interesting one. We're obviously talking about um, our community partnerships and, and we, we also have a number of other community partnerships as well. Uh, what, what ability, um, Oz Harvest, so it's not just limited to, to Starlight. But the commercial partnerships piece is an interesting one because that we use those for different objectives. So um, we're the official airline of, of the AFL uh, and, and have been for, for many years. And that's probably more commercially anchored. Mm. Um, and there's more of a direct commercial return with the partnership with the, with the AFL. Reason being is that the exclusivity that Virgin have with the AFL and the partnership mean that all 18 clubs fly Virgin when they do their book, their team, team travel. So we get the commercial return of that partnership by being the exclusive airline. Mm-hmm. The all 18 clubs, and, and it you know, runs into the millions of revenue that we get back from that. So there's, a, there's the commercial anchored piece to that partnership. Yep. Um, so we talk about a win-win for the fan as well, win for the club. So this is, uh, I've got Channel 9's mentioned there again, mate. We'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, it goes on Channel 7. <laughs> yeah. They are, they are. Yeah. Channel 7 are the, are the AFL yes, partner. But we work, we work with a number of different networks and, and, we, and we, have done, we have done activity with 7 as well. I will, I will call that out. I will and, call and that out. And plan on it in the future. Uh, so you're a fan of the creative is the variable quote from Gary Vee. 
how do you approach levelling up partnerships to go beyond simple sponsorships or to actually create interesting and memorable experiences? Yeah, I think just taking, taking a, step, a step back and um, it's something that I learned on the mini MBA course for those that did it and, and also studied marketing. It's got the idea of the long, the long and the short. Um, and the long being the brand building, emotive, long-term um, awareness that you can, that you can drive and then the short being short-term revenue kind of driver activations. So learning about and going really deep and, and, and you know, analysing the work of Lesfield and Burnett around the long and short in that course was like, how can I bring that into Virgin from a partnerships point of view? So how can I set up a partnership so there's the long and the short? So with the AFL, it was, it was a really interesting one because we could go after the long by driving home the partnership awareness piece um, and looking at our assets and how we can get high exposure, high brand awareness of the IP association to, to fans. So that would be things like um, broad, broadcast exposure assets, LED, pitch signage, um, activations, which, which we'll talk about, but really kind of going after the association so you can build that brand affinity because we know that AFL is such a passionate um, sport in Australia and connects with so many Australian fans. So drawing that aso- association, we knew that we could draw then the passion connection for, mm-hmm. for Virgin. But then the short was the interesting part because you want to go after those revenue driving activities. So we looked at how we can, not only from a commercial point of view of the teams flying on Virgin, but how could we target fans mm-hmm. flying Virgin? So AFL fans. So we've, we've set up and we're currently going through the process now of connecting and setting up affiliate models with as many AFL clubs as we can. So, so we can actually, the clubs get a kickback of all flight revenue sold to their fan, fan base. Okay. So when you talk about a win-win, it's what's the benefit to the to Virgin? Obviously, it's, it's AFL fans flying um, VA. For the club, there's, a four, there's now a 4% commission basis on any flights that they sell but the crucial part in all of that is well what's the benefit to the fan what does a fan get out of buying their flight through the club so we looked at setting up we we are setting up the ultimate afl fan prize pool um whereas essentially money can't buy experiences at the 2024 grand grand final we've got signed merchandise we've got business class flights anywhere in australia um Plus, anyone that enters wins a share of a million velocity points. So the way that works is if you book your flight through your AFL club, say you're a Collingwood Swans fan, Eagles, Eagles. for you, yeah. All right, so you're an Eagles fan. Yes. Sorry, mate. Yes. <laughs> Less than a Dockers fan. Okay. <laughs> um, so you would buy, you, you might get an ad served, served to you from West Coast Eagles saying, are you considering flying over to Perth to watch the Eagles play, catch up with your mum and dad? Yep. Whatever. Yep. If you book it through this Virgin link, then you can go into the draw to win all of these prizes. So it's as simple as put your boarding pass number into this com- competition page yep. and you go in the draw to win all of these incredible prizes. And the clubs are pushing those now far and wide for you as well. And they're incentivised to do that with the kickback. Yeah. Great. So it's a win for the fan because they get into the draw to win all of these amazing prizes. Yep. It's, a, it's a win for the club because they get a, four, a, a 4% commission on all flights sold. And it's a win for us because they fly Virgin. Correct. Win, win, win. There you go. Okay. Creative is the variable quote from Gary V. So how do you approach leveling up partnerships um, to go beyond simple sponsorships to actually create interesting and memorable experiences? You sort of touched on it there a little bit. Um, so 
it's, uh, it's all about uplifting experience and adding joy into the brand. So travel on the same plane as my favourite footy team, experienced by few, seen by many. You know, you're, you're known to talk about that a bit. Um, and that's where the Channel 9 thing comes in. But talk through that a little bit. Yeah, so I think it's about um, the opportunity to bring to life what your brand positioning is. Mm-hmm. Um, and our objective at Virgin Australia is to be Australia's most loved airline. And our purpose is by creating uplifting experiences for all. So we're very clear on what we're trying to do, what we're trying to achieve. So from a partnerships activations point of view, it's about creating those uplifting experiences. And then, so when I joined, that was sort of what I was thinking about, uplifting experiences through our partnerships. And then we had our Bring On Wonderful campaign, which dropped, which you might have seen, TV ads at a home. Um, and bring on wonderful is a is the uh, basically the articulation of creating uplifting experiences. It's about taking moments of flying which are mundane, boring. We came out of COVID where everyone hated flying. It was masks on. The airport experience was awful, and we wanted to bring the joy back mm-hmm. to flying. Mm-hmm. And so the the brand positioning, the master brand positioning, was bring on wonderful. So for partnerships, it was almost like a gift to me, because it was, okay, well, that's the wonderful brand positioning. Your job, Patrick, bring that to life. Yep. So I was like, okay, well, what do we need to do from AFL experiences? You know, what do they want? How can we create that joy, that wonder, those moments through the, the AFL? And what, what was the, the number, one thing, number one thing you did when you sort of started working with the AFL? Yeah, it was... It was Again, it was so interesting because I spoke to a lot of AFL fans and being, being a Palmer, I'll, I'll be honest, I wasn't massively into it. Being, but being a sports fan, I was. So it was kind of, I, I quickly learned about the game and I spoke to a couple of people and then I found out that all the players travel on the same flights as fans. So when they go, when, you know, Collingwood plays away or Brisbane play away, they all... They, book charter they book regular planes where the fans are on there so I thought you have this amazing moment where the fans don't know that the players are going to be on their flight of course because you're just booking a regular ticket but then if you're a massive west coast fan Mm. and you're sat there and then suddenly you've got five of your heroes just rocking up on your on your plane there there's a moment there yeah you know we talk about owning a moment I thought right this is this is what we need this is what we need to do we need to we need to amplify this so we quickly, and you know, I must say, we worked with the, the AFL to support it as well, but we identified a few club flights and essentially over the course of the season, we created wonderful moments on board. So wonderful AFL moments whereby we were on board the team flight and halfway through the flight, the captain, um, as in the club cap- captain, not the flight cap- captain, would get, up on the, would get up on the PA and be like, hi guys, who wants free tickets to the grand final? And everyone was like, what? And then, you know, we would do, right, row 22, seat B, you're going to the grand, the grand final. Uh, row 13D, you've just won business class flights to Bali. Uh, row 1D, you've won a signed assign jersey. And did you see that um, coming through in, like, socials and getting some really good organic reach from that as well? Can you track that? Well, this was it. So you can do an activation on board for 174 passengers on a flight, but... 
you need to, am- to amplify that. Mm. And that then becomes the key part of it. And, you know, it's uh, experienced by few, seen by, by many, is a, is a mantra that one of my old bosses at MSC Sarchi used to say. He said, you can create the most amazing activation, but if people outside of it aren't seeing it, then it's a waste of money. So it was, okay, well, how do we get that, how do we get that reach? So it was working with TV networks, it's working with our social team, the club social team, to film that, package it up, but do it quickly. So we would, we would do this activation on board the flight. We'd give away all of these grand final tickets and have the captain of the club stand up and you know, all these fans going, oh my God, this is great. Film that. We literally land in the Virgin Lounge, cut and edit within an hour. Bang, that goes up on social media. That goes up on our channel, goes up on the AFL channel, it goes up on, on the club channels, and then bang, you've got that reach. And you've got 174 people that have actually seen that, sharing that. That's where you get that organic reach, right? Fantastic. Okay, let's move on. Sustainability and social responsibility are being increasingly important for brands, especially airlines in the light of the climate change debate. Uh, how does Virgin Australia integrate these values into its partnerships, especially in initiatives like Oz Harvest? And what impact does it have on the brand's reputation and customer loyalty? It's a big one. It's a mouthful. Yeah, and I think, um, again, it, come, it comes back to the earlier point of, of understanding what your customers are passionate about. And, you know, that's the whole point of, of partnerships, really. It's, it's connecting with the relevant organisations that you know will connect with your, your, your customer. And, Again, going back to the Mark Ritson course and, and other MBAs and other sort of marketing fund fundamentals, it's about understanding that we as marketers don't necessarily know the answers. And I think we sometimes think that we know what our customers want. So one of the things that we've done very quickly is to do a customer survey. So it's actually go out to our audience, to, to those Virgin customers that, we, that fly with us every week and ask them what they, what they want. So, How are you doing that survey? Is it uh, EDM going out saying opt-in or is it... Do you, do you sometimes do like calls face to face? Like, how how are you doing it? We've got a, a pool of um, customers that are prepared to do a survey on an ongoing an ongoing basis, and we survey them on a number of different things. And they're not necessarily brand loyalists. Like, they'll tell you straight whether they think that's a bad idea as Which well. Is what you want? Which is what you want? Yeah. You don't want yes men on a on a server. So so we've gone out and, and we've been able to essentially identify what are the passion points of our of our target customers and then you know we're talking about part- partnerships the, the strategy moving forward is you know fewer bigger better um, and it's when we do find the right partnerships by asking and understanding what is going to, going to connect with your target audience then it's about bringing those few partnerships to life and doing that well um, is 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 the real key so in the context of airline, the airline industry recovering post-pandemic, how do, you, how do partnerships play a role in Virgin Australia's strategies to regain customer trust and boost passenger numbers? Yeah, so I think you know, what, what we're trying to do strategically is to plug in um, how partnerships can lift those brand, those, those brand health met- metrics. So... You know, when, we're, when we are measuring brand affinity, brand equity, we understand that sometimes the most important thing is, is getting flights on time or you know, what you're caring about might be the price of your, of your flight. So we're not, we're not immune to that and we, un- we understand that you, we need to, as any brand does, you need to get the fundamentals right and you need, to, you need to focus on those because that's what people are buying your product for. Mm. But then the second layer behind that is where the brand par- partnerships can, can come in and, draw, and help build that brand equity and brand love. 
And the stat here, the Nielsen survey found that partnerships drove on average 10% uplift in purchase intent. Um, is that something that you found across all of your measurements from your partnerships? Yeah, I think it's, it's difficult to pinpoint a particular partnership on driving that. But I think if you have a partnership strategy and you can measure, you can certainly measure how your brand health metrics are doing, you can attribute you can, you can attribute part, partnerships to it, but individually specific ones, you know, having, you having seen that Happiness Island act- activation or you being on the West Coast Eagles flight, are you then the following day going to buy a Virgin flight? Maybe not. But if, if that builds that brand equity in the long term, and that's, that's the whole point of brand, of brand building in the long term, is that if, if you can build enough trust amongst your target customers, that will pay off. Yep. Perfect. So uh, James interviewed Andrew uh, Nan, who led the work on Wonderful Brand Platform, which uh, it says I think James thinks is fantastic. Um, I probably do too. What are your thoughts on Wonderful? Yeah, I think I mean I've obviously spoken about it. I, I, I love the fact that it's about bringing uplifting experiences to life, and, and it's so aligned to to our uh, ambition, which is to be Australia's most, most loved airline. Um, I think the wonderful campaign was, was, was also so interesting because it was data-led. It was understanding what part of the flight journey do customers dislike the most and how can you create that into, flip it around and make it a wonderful experience. So the middle seat lot, lottery campaign, um, can I get a show of hands of who's seen or know about the middle seat lottery? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, most of you. So I don't need to explain it too much, but essentially it's the data insight that shows that no one wants to sit in the middle seat. It's the worst seat on the plane. So how can you create an experience and flip that round to make that one of arguably the best seats on the plane? And that was by you know, creating this amazing prize pool for competition that just for sitting in the middle seat, you could win all of these amazing experiences, cruises, free flights for a year, AFL tickets galore, you know, and, but it was, it's so simple, but yet wasn't, hadn't been done by any other airline. And you think, you think all over the world, that, that pain point, that customer pain, pain point would have always been there. Yep. Um, so, you know, kudos to the, to the wider brand team at Virgin to, that, that brought that to life. Because um, I think that was just a clear demonstration of the wonderful positioning in an, in an experience-led world. And uh, measuring that, I know that, you know, you f- I fly a lot and you, you jump on a plane and there's all the seats that are empty are the middle seats. So I'm assuming you could actually, f- you're filling more planes and selling more tickets to certain flights because people are willing to sit in the middle seat. Was that the data that you got from it? Yeah, we, we actually had instances where people were going up to our check-in staff and asking to switch <laughs> to the, middle the, seat. the aisle and window seats so they could sit in the middle seat. <laughs> it, it was remarkable. Completely flipped it, flipped it around. So, um, yeah, I think wonderful for me is, uh, as, a, as I said, from a partnership's point of view, it, it was a great platform and, and, and how we can bring that to life. Obviously, I've spoken about a- the, the AFL, but also we're uh, the official airline of Adelaide Fringe. So, um, you know, the, Australia's largest community arts fest, festival down in, in SA. And we were able to use the brand positioning of Bring On Wonderful to create a wonderful experience at Fringe Corner. And for those of you that have been to Adelaide Fringe and or, you know, have, are, are from SA, you'll know how, how much South Australians love the Fringe. 
um, and it's something that I've learned about being being a pommy is that they literally that's what they care about so much. So you talk about passion point, you talk about passion point al alignment for Virgin Australia. We wanted to raise our awareness of our flight route into South Australia. So how do you do that? Well, you find out what are South Australians most passionate about, Adelaide Fringe, partner with them. But then it's not just about slapping a logo on it and saying, oh, we partner with Adelaide Fringe. Aren't we great? Aren't we, you know, passionate too? You've got to activate You've it. You've got to activate, right? So um, Fringe Corner is basically the hub of, of Adelaide Fringe. There's 500,000 people pass through that every, every um, fest festival series. So we developed uh, an activation where it was come into the Bring On Wonderful hub, get glammed up, so get your makeup done, you know, boys, girls, adults, kids, um, and get into the Velocity Vault, which is a cash grab, flying boarding passes. So you stand in there for 30 seconds and all these boarding passes are flying, are flying around and you're glammed up and you've got goggles on and you've got glitter and stuff and grab the boarding passes which relate to prizes. So again, it's, it's, it was festival tickets, it was festival merchandise, it was Velocity Points, um, and it was creating an uplifting experience at the fringe for our target market, who we knew loved the fringe. And uh, random question again. Um, leveraging your partnerships to, you know, to get those prizes and money can't buy experiences, how important are those sort of leveraging the, the partnerships for money can't buy experiences for these activations? Really important. And it's, uh, you know, ultimately fans are after that they're after things that they, that they otherwise wouldn't be able to get. So working with partners and rights holders to unlock those experiences are, is so powerful because that's what a rights holder can create. And you know, for the rights holders in the, in the room, I think being creative with your assets to create those prizes that fans, fans will. And, and we know that, com that competitions to win things, money can't buy, behind the scenes, meet and greet, are what people enter. It's what they put their, day, their, their data in for. And they're cost effective too. So you're not, you're not having to put hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash into prizes. You could have meet the captain, toss the coin, yeah. whatever it might be, cost you nothing, um, and you get that through your partnership. So that's leveraging the partnership to, to make the most of yeah, it. Yeah, completely. Okay, quick fire round. You ready? Yep. Your favourite marketing campaign of all time? Oh, this, was, this was a struggle. There are so many good ones, but Procter & Gamble's Thank You Mum. Who's yeah, seen that? Show of hands of the Procter & Gamble Olympics sponsorship. I absolutely love that. So for those that don't, so Procter & Gamble, a long-term Olympic partner. And in 2010, I think it was, they launched a Thank You Mum campaign, which is essentially positioning themselves as supporting the mums behind the athletes so often the, it's the athletes that get that get the glory they get the gold medal but actually what about the mum that supported them from when they were three years old five years ten years taking them to kiddies sport and it's just such a powerfully emotive campaign I, I, yeah, I really encourage anyone to just watch watch the thank the, the, the thank you mum Olympic video, and you will be drawn to tears because it, they do it so well. It tugs on on the heartstrings of what it means to to win or what it must feel like to win an Olympic gold. But then imagine being the support team behind it, your mum, your dad, your family. It's, yeah, I mean, it's great. I just watched it 30 seconds before we came on stage, and yeah, I'm lucky I didn't come to tears very quickly. Um, 
So the podcast is named the Own the Moment Show, uh, which is our brand motto here at Como. Uh, what does Own the Moment mean to you? Own the Moment for me is surprise and delight. It's about uh, experienced by few, seen by, by many. Owning the Moment, it's, it's things where you can connect with your target audience and create an experience for them that they love, but then you can share so that thousands of other pe- people can, can see that as well. Mm-hmm. Perfect. The best brand in the world right now? Amazon. And for me, it's about how consumer-centric they are. I think a lot of brands are obviously doing that, but I think Amazon at their core, when they founded, and I love the, the story about Jeff, Jeff Bezos, who when, he's, when he founded it, he had feedback at amazon.com directed to his phone so that any customer, and you think, you know, how many customers there were, that he could be on top of what customers wanted so that he could then shape the company and their marketing and everything that they were doing around what the customer wanted. And I've always thought, well, you know, that it seems so obvious, of course, you know, you need to listen to your, to your customers, but they've always been so customer-centric. And I think they're still, to, their, to this day, they have that at their core, which is why I think they nail it. The most overrated trend in marketing right now? Um, I think there's an obsession with mass data and collection of data. Um, I think there was a great stat that I saw 70% of data held by brands is unused. And you know, your LinkedIn feeds are always about your data is so important and data means this and data mean, means that. And yes, of course it does, but it, the right data and how you're using it. Mm-hmm. So just collecting loads of data isn't actually valuable. Just doing it for the sake of it. Yeah. Yep. And if you're not actually using it, yep. then why are you collecting it? Yep. The most underrated trend in marketing right now. Well, I've probably not that underrated, but I think personalization um, is, is going to be so, so important. And, and it's something that obviously we're looking at and no doubt many people in the audience are as well. Personalization for, for what, you, what connects with you, what is your passion point, how can a brand add to that? So you're a West Coast, a West Coast Eagles fan, you know, what, what is the club doing for Joel? to get you to go and watch the West Coast Eagles play, to, you know, understanding what your preferences are. They know that you live abroad. They know that you travel certain times of a year. Yep. Personalised comms to you yep. as, a, as a West Coast fan. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's just one example. But the brands that do it well and personalise their comms are the ones that are doing it great. Okay. Who should I have on, oh, who should James have on the show next? Um, well, we talk about owning the moment. And I think what, could, what couldn't have been a better camp campaign was the Matildas FIFA Women, Women's World, World Cup. Mm-hmm. So I think getting someone from the FIFA marketing team talking about how they owned that cultural moment. Uh, or you could talk to Channel, to, to Channel 7, who were the official broadcaster <laughs> of, uh, of the FIFA Women's World, World Cup and did an excellent job. But I think... Um, <laughs> No, that, I mean, that, we, you, we, we, we talk about moments, but wow, they owned that, didn't they? I mean, the biggest in many, many years. 
So I think, um, yeah, I think it was Kim and Anderson yep. would be would be great. And I think you know, there was a stat that 78% of Australians engaged with the event. 78% of all Australians engaged with the FIFA Women's World, World Cup. So I think talking to them about their strategy of how they connected with all of those Australians, what their, what their plan was, how they brought that to life. I, I mean, I would listen to that. That'd be great. Thanks for listening to the On The Moment podcast. If you liked this episode, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss upcoming episodes. And to suggest a guest or provide feedback, please visit our dedicated podcast hub at ownthemomentpod.com 